hello hello your girl has been missing in action last recording was on june 9th and today is june 24th from protests with the black lives matter movement to COVID 19 cases going up to life to just everything just taking place i was away but i am back and today on episode six of plan to see podcast i am joined um by a 13 year um, I would say veteran. She's a police officer um, here in the southern sector um, of Dallas, Texas. And today we're just talking about policing in America, do's and don'ts when interacting with the police, and also ways both the police and the community can improve um, their relationship, right? From police reform to um, the funding police, we talk about it all. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Today is June 24th, 2020. The sun is up and so are the COVID-19 cases in Texas, but that's another topic for another day. Today, I have the honor of interviewing one of my childhood friends from Pleasant Grove. Um, that's a little urban area here in Dallas, Texas, Melissa. Melissa has been a police officer for 13 years with one of the Southern Sector um, Police Departments, and she is joining me today to discuss policing in America and to answer some questions that I received from some listeners. So, Melissa, welcome to Plan C Podcast. How are I'm, you? I'm awesome. Happy to be here. Happy to see you once again. Um, and I'm looking forward to answering these questions and maybe, you know, helping some people spread some knowledge. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Well, as you know, um, here in the state, as well as around the world, police officers, supervisors, commissioners, and departments, as well as DA offices, are currently under what I call the citizen's microscope. Mm -hmm. um, due to a large amount of African-Americans either dying from being shot, chased, or choked by the police, citizens are demanding that police department policies and procedures be reevaluated and for the police to be defunded. These mm -hmm. events have caused a lot of people, including myself, to not only research the law here in Texas, but also in other states as well. However, because the topic is so broad and information can be so vague, I wanted to discuss this topic with someone in the force. Melissa, may you please tell us, just so we can get to know you, who you are, your background, what inspired or influenced you to become a police officer? Well, I went to Townview. I went to Townview Law Magnet, so it began in high school. Um, I worked at the movie theater uh, where a lot of officers did off-duty work there, and we became friends, and they kind of mentored me into the profession. Um, I got my bachelor's degree in criminal justice. And it's I've always been drawn to the criminal justice field. And um, right out of college, I went into police academy. And from there, I've been ever since. So um, I've been a detective for two years. And currently, I'm a field training officer. So I teach other officers um, just the ins and outs of patrol and, and being a police officer. 
And, and being an African-American um, female police officer, um, I know that comes with challenges as well. Um, so have you been a victim of racial discrimination, um, maybe some bias um, within the organization? Within the organization, no, I, I have not. Uh, thank goodness, uh, the department that I am employed with, um, we're, we're pretty much close knit and family is a small department. So we all know each other and, and um, I'm treated fairly and as family and, and I trust them and we take care of each other. Because I know some officers have said that, you know, within the organization they have been a bit of racial discrimination, some bias. Um, with the department. So that's great to hear that your organization is closing it. Right. That's, that's awesome. Now, some might not be aware, but according to an article written by Professor Kapler of Eastern Kentucky University, the modern police departments we know today were once known as slave patrols and night watchers, um, which was designed to control the behavior of minorities. Pre slavery, Native Americans during and post-slavery uh, with African Americans. Now, one might say that the origin for the police is is still in place today, right? Um, right. With the way that how they police quote-unquote urban areas. Would you uh, agree that kind of like that, that history, right? That origin, that kind of attitude is still there? Yeah. That attitude, I have seen it <laughs> um and we can't deny the history we cannot deny the history and um it's, it's unfortunate but i know that me and so many other officers do not operate in that fashion i'm more of a community-based officer i don't go looking or or trying to watch you know certain people a group of people and and that's not my mindset so there has been change, but we all know the history and the root of policing and where it came from as far as slavery and, and the ideas behind it. So we, I know me, I'm, I'm in it to change it and so many other officers are. And I, I don't know if your department has policies in place or weekly meetings in place, but what are police departments? I guess you only speak for your own. Um, what, what is your department doing um, if anything, to rebuild the trust within the community, to let people know that, hey, despite what's going on, we are here to service you all. Right. So there's different initiatives that has taken place that I've seen in my department, community-based initiatives and campaigns such as National Night Out and just collaborating with the school district and building uh, building that base with the communities and families and, and such. Um, and there's training opportunities uh, for officers, like de-escalation courses and things of that nature. And with the training courses, are like police officers required or is this optional? For, it's required. You know, it's required. You have to have so many hours per year in training and uh, de-escalation and, and racial profiling, those type of courses are required. And how do how do we as citizens protect ourselves from quote unquote bad cops, like those who went through the training, but mm -hmm. despite it, you know, you do have those who 
just approach people with a certain type of attitude. So if, if we're stopped by the police, whether in our car, walking, or at home, even you know, at home to answer the door, are we required by law to give our name, our ID, our address, um, you know, whatever information police officers may request? So if you're stopped on a traffic violation, of course, once the officer approach you, they have to give their name is just seven steps that the officer must do during traffic stops. They have to give their name and they have to tell you why. What was a violation that that uh, you are in? They have to tell you that. And you do have to give your name and date of birth at that point. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, that is required if you were in violation of, a, of an offense. Okay, and at, at home, if you're at home and they say, oh, well, you know, we got a noise complaint. Let's say it wasn't you, but that just happened to be the scenario. Like, oh, we got a noise complaint and they ask for your ID or is this your home? Like, oh, are we required to disclose who we are to police officers? Yes, I live here. No, I don't live here. May I, you know, if they ask me, I come inside where I've seen videos of them requesting to come inside. Are we required by law? On a noise complaint, no, you do not. Uh, you can say, okay, I'll turn it down and, and that'll be it. But you're not required to let anyone enter your home or otherwise without a search warrant. Right, okay, and this kind of goes back to the traffic violation um, do's and don'ts, right? Mm -hmm. So of course, you know, if you get pulled over for, you know, speeding, um, and the officer asks, you know, for your ID and all that because of your insurance registration. Yes, you give that. What what happened to um, Mr. Brooks in Atlanta, Georgia, with him, you know, being in the car? He was under the influence. They asked him to get out, take a sobriety test. Mm -hmm. If we happen to pull over, let's say either we're looking for directions, but we've been sitting in this parking lot for a long time, or we or we're asleep or eating, um, and the police approach your car and ask for information do we give our information or we we just explain ourselves like hey i'm i'm here i'm lost i'm looking for this place yeah. or i'm asleep like do i do i still have to give them my name or can i just say oh i'm leaving and leave if you're not legally detained or legally lawfully detained or under arrest then you don't have to you don't have to give your information and in order to be legally detained or under arrest there has to be an offense committed and if there's no offense there's you don't you have they have to tell you what's the offense otherwise okay. you're free to go is there some type of verbiage that we can use because neither party wants to be disrespected right so you want to make sure that the verbiage you're using don't come across as being hostile and you know disrespectful so is, mm -hmm. is, is there is there like some type of verbiage that we can say like versus the whole, no, I'm not giving you my D, you know? Uh, my thing is if you're not in violation of anything, it doesn't hurt to give your name and, and your date of birth. It doesn't hurt just to uh, get past this this moment and if there's a reason you feel that you need to file a complaint you can do that afterwards if you feel like that officer was bothering you didn't have a right to speak to you or come towards you you can file the complaint later and uh it's it's more of looking at the bigger picture and 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 
dealing with the situation at hand and then handling it later if there is some questions to be asked. If you feel like the officer is not gonna uh, give you the courtesy or respect that that we all deserve. And um, if you want to file a complaint, uh, police officers required to give like their badge number, supervisor, um, yes. their name. They uh, have to give their name and badge, badge number, of course. Okay. Uh, and if you want the supervisor name, you can have that as well. And, and there's always an event number or report number attached to that contact they're having with you and, and ask for that as well. Okay. Are police officers allowed to search your vehicle? Well, it has to be out. probable cause. It has to be probable cause, meaning if they do smell weed, they do have a right to search your, you and your vehicle. Okay, well, probable cause, not just... No, it has, to, it has right. to be something in plain view, um, some drugs in plain view, or the smell of marijuana. It has to be, they have to have a reason to get inside the vehicle other than speeding or, you know, no driver's license. No, that doesn't give you a right. Uh, now, if you're under arrest and your vehicle has been inventoried to be told, then that, that does give them a right to get inside the vehicle. Is that the same with your house as well? There has to be probable call for a police officer to enter your home? Yes. Because I know that's like where the confusion comes in. Like, we, you don't know. You just see the police. And you're like, mm -hmm. I'm gonna abide by the law to avoid going to jail, mm -hmm. you know. But it is, but with um, what's going on today, I mean, even in the past, you know how some people can abuse their power right. and just want to come in your home, want to mm -hmm. search your car just because mm -hmm. of the color of someone's skin. So that's where we're like, okay, how do I like? I I don't want to be violated and, and go to jail, and I don't want to be disrespectful you know, by getting into an argument with the police going back and forth. So what mm -hmm. what other do's and don'ts and how do I protect myself? Yeah. So as far as uh, going into a, a person's home, um, you, you have to have exigent circumstances, like someone is screaming in the background, is a domestic call, um, somebody's been injured and you, you have to get in there uh, or it's or a major crime occurs, somebody was shot and the the suspect ran into a house, you, you're gonna go into the house and get that person. So it has to be exigent circumstances. Otherwise, you know, they have to have a search warrant. Just going back to the origin of policing, like we understand that policing was enmeshed um, in slavery. Mm -hmm. um, however, they, they stress to us that, you know, police officers are public servants, right? Like they, are here to protect the citizens in the community but yes. i know that some people they just dislike that term right quote unquote being a public servant like they don't sit well with i guess the majority of police officers and it leads us to assume that like there's some type of hidden training um manual for police wow. officers <laughs> i've never heard it that way because I always say I'm a servant. I'm a peacekeeper. Um, I, it's, it sounds good to me, a public servant. That's what we are. The community pay us to serve them. Right. <laughs> so, so that's my mindset. And I am aware that of the history of policing and, and it may be still some officers who mindset is not like them, whether uh, it could be it's us against them or 
we're the hand of the law, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that simply is, is the wrong mindset to have because at the end of the day, we do work for the community. The community pays us. The community hires us to, uh, to do a duty. And, right. and there have been officers who have taken advantage of that and, and use that badge as power <laughs> rather yeah. than serving. Yeah. And, and the reason why, like, we think that, like, okay, because of, of, because of the interaction, right, that, mm-hmm. like you said, that some police officers have with certain people in a community, whether that's Hispanics or um, African-Americans, like, like, okay, I know they don't go through all this training and then they just come out with this mindset or this fear of dark but, skin. Right. So that has a lot to do with character. And that's something that you can't teach or get from training. Uh, character. And, and how do we screen certain officers to, or screen them to make sure that that's not the reason why why they're in it is to have power or control over a person or abuse people like how do you screen that in a process so uh it's, it's definitely right. character is a mindset and yeah we we still got work to do <laughs> we still got work to do yeah and what would you um bringing the topic up with screening um what are the requirements for you to be a police officer. Do you guys go, undergo a psychological evaluation? Yes, psychological evaluations, drug screening. Uh, it's, it's a long process, but I guess it could be longer. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, we do several interviews uh, prior to, and the psych test, uh, if I'm not incorrect, is that takes about a whole, a whole, like eight hours just to get through that. That could be a bit longer. <laughs> yeah, we do background checks where they uh, meet family members and coworkers and and do things of that nature just to get a feel of the person and and who they're around and the friends that they do have. But um, it's it can be a hit and miss. It can be a hit and miss. But you know, I think change is coming. So right. And do you? With that being said, do you do you agree with the policies coming up with additional training courses, like you said, re- regarding uh, racial discrimination or, or uh, racial profiling? Do you agree that that would be helpful to have some additional courses? Oh, yeah. And, and not only that, once you become a police officer, I think is is needed that we continue therapy and counseling and, and making sure that our mental state is up to par our physical state and mental state, because we see a lot, you know, and some stuff that we see can, can really make you mad. The dreadful, you know, murders and homicides and stuff like that. So yeah, um, we have to make sure that officers are mental in a, in a good mental state and just checking their energy when they make contact with the community. That's important too, because are you coming to make peace or are you coming to um, aggravate the situation? So yeah, that's that's okay. another thing. We not only getting the good officers in, but making sure that the officers that we do have are in the right state of mind to do the job. Right, and I know from watching TV, <laughs> so I assume it might be some truth to it. Um, when police officers 
um, either, you know, lose a partner or, mm-hmm. like you said, witnessing a death um, that they do, some are required to maybe go to counseling. So but at this time, it's not a requirement. It's optional. Right. Right. It's optional and it and it definitely should be required because I know I went through a time in my career where I I was a detective and I dealt with crimes against children and it can tear you up. It can really do a do a number on your your mental state and have you um, just mad, just mad at the world and just saying because all we see is the worst, the, the worst of the worst. So um, for those officers who don't take heed to those red flags of depression and stress and and everything else, and then going out into the community and taking it out on whomever, um, that has to stop. And we probably need to look into that deeper, just making sure these officers are mentally well. Right. I totally agree. I mean, that's with any job. You know, when you're under stress, you don't perform well. At all. <laughs> right. And um, being a police officer or in the medical field or whatever, and you having to deal not only with your own, mm-hmm. you know, stress, but mm-hmm. then you have to deal with the personality. Yes. Of people. The energy, yes. And when it's all bad, <laughs> it's like, it's all bad. It's all bad. So. Yes. And um, just piggybacking to mm-hmm. some of the questions that we have um, when interacting with the police. If you have your open to carry license and mm-hmm. you, you know, are stopped, do you have to disclose that yes, information ma'am. to a police officer? Yes, ma'am. And, you know, where your weapon is at, you know, I, I have a gun in a glove box or the center console. Just let that be known if you have the weapon on you. Um, and always you always want to keep your hands in plain view. You don't want to be fidgeting around, digging in pockets and just. Keep your hands where they can be seen so there's no issues in, in that area. Yeah, because I know um, I, I know someone who has their license and they was like, yeah, you have to show them both, yes. you know, when you get pulled over. Yes. Like, oh, okay. I, I didn't know that. I mean, I know you probably can say like, hey, I have a gun or whatever, but you do have to show both. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. You have police officers in Buffalo, New York. Atlanta, Georgia, and probably some other cities that we haven't heard of where police officers are quitting, right? Due right. to them not wanting to be held accountable um, for certain behaviors because of the pressure that they are feeling, not only from mm-hmm. the community before, government officials as well. Mm-hmm. W- what are your thoughts on that? Um, have, you, have you seen within your department or other local departments here in Texas where there's like a decrease in the number of officers who are either calling in or resigning. I haven't seen that trend in my department or uh, the surrounding departments. And it's shocking. Um, but at the same time, I can I can get the frustration if there's something going on within that department. You know, I can get that where you just throw your hands up and walk away. But for me, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere because I'm for change. And and at the end of the day, we're here to serve the community. And, and that's what surprises me. I'm like, it, it's a it's a positive change that's taking place. Mm-hmm. Be a I mean, <laughs> right. Be a part of the change. Like mm-hmm. just because your colleagues are, you know, 
being investigated or whatever the problem have been set down and, and not on, on duty, that baffles me seeing police officers quit, right? I mean, I understand mm-hmm. because you guys are such a, a, a tight, kind of like a tight-knit family where you don't want yeah, to that support. May be that may yeah. be it, but I'm the type of person, if you're wrong, you're wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to, I feel like there's wrong in every organization, institution, uh, is a bad apple, a couple of bad apples in, in everything. So even my family and i'm gonna call i will call them out i'm not just gonna have your back just because we're family or just because you're a police officer if you're wrong you're wrong do right i mean that's mm-hmm. what is expected of all of us yeah to do right exactly and so melissa do you have any um words of encouragement or advice um you would like to share with the listeners no i think we covered pretty much everything um and I'm I'm not worried about anything. Uh, I'm excited for the movement for the change because it's it's necessary. It's needed, um, and I think a lot of people are waking up. So I'm um, I'm here for it. I'm here for it, and I'm gonna continue to to just do my part and be a positive influence on the um, police force. You know how like people ask like, well, what what can the black community do to um, you know, better the relationship, you know, with the police or to make sure that um, no one else is killed. And it's, that's, that's a difficult question, right? Because it's not like it's us who's mm-hmm. causing, like, the mistrust and the, and the strife. What do you think? Do you have any recommendations for police departments? Like, okay, we can also do X, Y, and Z. And also, you know, being an African-American female, mm-hmm. um, seeing it from that standpoint, we can all we can also do this as citizens. Right. So so as the citizens, as a community, get involved, get involved with the your city council members and the city manager and just the processes of who has been hired into these positions as chiefs, assistant chiefs, and and going down to the police department and introducing yourself. And you can set up meetings and community functions to get to know, and that includes the police officers to get to know them and and go from there. Just build build a community-based effort as far as coming together instead of having it separate um and as a police officer we need to focus more on community building and reaching out to the community in a positive way rather than just answering calls and taking people to jail or writing citations doing traffic stops you know make an effort to go by the schools or go into the communities and make contact with kids and businesses and see what's needed and you know back in the day they used to do that you know in the 90s and mm-hmm. stuff where they used to come to the elementary schools mm-hmm. and do oh yeah. you know yes. dare to be different mm-hmm. i, I don't mm-hmm. hear a lot of kids talk about that nowadays that's very true and unfortunately i feel like we've gotten away from that because i know there's a lot of police departments within the schools so yeah, they have yeah so um but still i think there needs to be a collaboration because once once school is out those officers are gone and then it's you know the ones in the community 
right who don't know the kids so um yeah it, it has to be a collaborative effort with the community the schools the city council members the businesses and just getting to know one another and coming up with a the common goals from there communication getting back out there mm -hmm. interacting mm -hmm. with each other get to know your local mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. police officials and they also you know get to know the community get comfortable mm -hmm. patrolling that community as well getting out there introducing yeah. yourselves and working together yes you have to care about the community you serve i know a lot of officers may not even live in the same city that they work in you know right. they, they come to these small towns or these impoverished cities and then they go back to their nice communities and forget about it all but they're getting paid over here <laughs> right you know? so you have to you have to care you have to have you have to care about where you work and and that and you, could be one of the issues and you just brought something up i remember years back um dallas was having like a, a um career fair mm -hmm. asking for like hey you know we're hiring for police officers and it kind of like um I thought about it like that's kind of like teachers. It's mm -hmm. not a lot of people who went to school to teach, but they're teaching, you mm -hmm. know, for a paycheck. Mm -hmm. How do you mm -hmm. do an adequate job and how do you enjoy right. something that you're only doing for the paycheck? So imagine being a police officer, like you said, and mm -hmm. you may live in McKinney, but mm -hmm. they have you in South Dallas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And you just there for a paycheck. You're not gonna right. have the right mindset. You're not gonna mm -hmm. enjoy it. Yes, and it's a it's unfortunate, but there's a lot of people in different, you know, careers who don't enjoy it. And as a police officer, you have to have some type of man. <laughs> you have to be called to do this. And and if you're not in it for the right reasons, it's gonna catch up with you. <laughs> It'll catch and up. And I with think you that's what's happening. Yes. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> man, man. Okay, well, you have shared a lot of helpful information, um, useful information that we can take. I mean, like I said, I know I had questions regarding the do's and don'ts, family members and friends. So mm -hmm. for you to take your time out today to answer these questions and, you know, to talk about um, what's going on, I really appreciate it. I know my mm -hmm. listeners are going to appreciate the information um i'm trying to think um like she like melissa said to get involved reach out um to your local police department to see how you can volunteer or yes, take a ride submit a request yeah mm -hmm. oh right along yeah yes yes mm -hmm. and we do uh -oh. them all the time. get a ride along it's just a form you fill out and and they'll contact you and you pick a date and you ride out with an officer and i know you said you guys do um additional um, you know courses for credit what about community mm -hmm. service we don't but we should we should now we do have certain events you know but if you come to work they have to pay you so it's not considered community service <laughs> right but, uh, <laughs> yeah but that's that's a good idea i mean because I, I just thought about that that would be another way for police officers to mm -hmm. learn their area especially like we said like for those who may live out in some type of suburban area but then they right. come to your impoverished or more urban rural areas you know they give them a chance not on the clock right to you know at to least, talk to people yeah. in the area 
Yeah. Hmm. Okay. That could be something they can um, look into. But again, Melissa, thank you so much for taking no, the time out. Me. I might have to have you back on just in case. <laughs> I didn't um, touch everything. That'll be <laughs> fine. Right. Let me know. You have a great day. And again, thank you. Thank you. You take care. You too. Bye now.